This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Get on the floor! What's up, people? <laughs> this is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I am Sean's dad, Jim. And we got some new songs in today for you. Uh, I'm going super deep in the cheese today. I haven't told you what song I'm doing yet. No, you haven't. Can you see if you can take a guess? What There's, there's a million deep in the cheese songs that we've always referred to, so I don't know if I can either come up with anything off the uh, top of my head. All right. Well, you do have the shirt that's appropriate, though. I know. I wore my Deep in the Cheese t-shirt today. Anyone that's watching on uh, Patreon can see that because we are going super deep in the cheese with my song today, so I'm really excited. But before we get into that, I want to remind everybody to go to PantheonPodcast.com. We are, as you know, proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network, which is a network of podcasts that is all about music. If you like this show, guarantee you'll find something there that you can listen to and enjoy as well. Also, make sure you connect with us on social media at YNL Podcast or on Facebook. You can join the group. It's uh, the name of the podcast and then just discussion group. We'll have links to all that in the show notes. And lastly, if you want to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can either subscribe, which you should be doing anyway, leave a rating and review, or check out our Patreon page to support us with just a couple bucks a month. That would be super helpful because it does cost us money to put on this show. We don't get paid from it. It's just it takes takes our money and runs. Um, <clears throat> and that's not the song I'm doing today. Or you hey, can hey, go that's to our a good te- idea. What? Nah, nah. That's a good idea for a title of a... Nah. nah. Uh, or you can go to our Teespring store and buy some sweet You're Not Listening merch like this amazing Deep in the Cheese t-shirt or stickers or any of our other stuff that we have on there. All the links in the show notes. Check it out. Get excited because we're getting in the cheese today. Well, Dad, what song are you doing today? First of all, tell the people. I'm doing a song by Camp called Peach Fuzz. Have you done this Trying one before? Do something. No, I probably talked about it in some, you know, you need it on your summer list. I feel like we've something like listened done. to this one before or something. Might have. Might have. I, I, I like it. I found it. Um, I got a reference from this from Katie. And this and Vampire uh, Weekend were within this. Oh, the is that the email. one that we did? Did we do Vampire Weekend? Yep. Maybe that's she what said I'm you should of. you should know both of these songs, Dad, and, and I kind of listen to them and I, and I like them. And and it, it I, I'll explain, but I, I like this for one reason. But as I did a little more deeper dive into it, um, I, it turned me around, and I like it for a whole lot of other reasons. But I have some good, big questions about it that right. I, I need to I need to use your expertise on it. So, okay, well, how about you? What are you doing? Uh, I am going right back to nineteen a- achy breaky hot eighty five nineteen eighty five. Okay, what's you, you, you're gonna have to when you listen to the song that I'm doing, you're gonna need to like be doing something like go for a run or like lift heavy things or run up a set of stairs or something like that because it's a it's the best one of the best songs for like a '80s like workout montage. We're going do, deep in the cheese. It's gonna be pretty epic. So get excited. Yeah, I'm doing St. Emo's Fire by John Park. Why? Because it's an awesome song. Get off my back. Don't judge. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you judge. You you judge. You got to get off this show. All right, sorry. <laughs> uh, who do we want to do first? Do you want to... Breaky hard. Um, let's do mine. Mine's going to be a short one because I uh, I talked too much in the last episode, so I'm going to try to pare that down, and, and I don't have as much to say about it, but I want your opinion about a few things. So. All right. Well, is there a part that you want me to play for a preview for everybody? Um, probably, um, I mean, I, it, I have, the, the thing I've noticed is I, it's broken up into two different kind of songs and, um, the first part is like, oh, it's kind of light and poppy and it's nice and I, I can see why Katie wanted me to hear this and everything. But the second part of it where it kind of kicks into an instrumental feels different. Uh, and I like that almost better. So maybe the instrumental stuff, which is like two minutes and eight seconds or something like that. And okay. 
do a little preview of that. Let me see here. Because the beginning of it's, you know, after you hear the first couple notes are kind of predictable, but it, it's uh, something different halfway through. Now. Yeah, that sounds like a song you'd like. Yeah, and it kicks in. It kicks in with some really good guitar work and everything else, but um, it's different. It's different. The second part of the song is very different. All right. Well, take a moment, pause this podcast, go listen to it. Click the show. Click the link in the show notes, or check it out on the official "You're Not Listening" Spotify playlist, and uh, listen to it. Come on back, and we will talk about it. <laughs> Nice little banjo at the yeah, end. Yeah, I like the banjo. You know, I'm a big fan of the banjo. Yeah, I know that. I know so that. I, I really like the second so cool. part of that. Cool, huh? Much better than the first because the first. I, I seriously, I listened yep. to this and I was like, we've done this song. Like, I, I think we've done it, and I think it's that Vampire Weekend song. It just reminds me a lot of that, the beginning part Could of that. Be. And yeah. so I'm like, this. It like I feel like I've heard it a bunch of times before, but then the second part is is much much better, right. much more interesting. Well, and, and I have to. I have to confess that um, initially I was looking for something a little more contemporary because I know, you know, that I've been deep in the oldies lately. Um, so I want to do something a little newer. And, and I, you know, I listen to a lot of newer stuff too. So I figured, oh, maybe I can kind of pull this one out. And as I listened to it, it's like, okay, it's kind of good. It's kind of, you know, pretty predictable and kind of poppy and stuff. And then as I listened to it more intently, I realized, okay, the second part of this mm. is really cool. That was really cool. I like this. Um and with, you know, with the heavy bass and then when they, you know, the banjo comes in, which is a nice little surprise too at the end, it's just like, it kind of completed it. Like it, it, it makes for me the song worth listening mm. to, the second part of it. The first part is like, Right, yeah, that's okay. exactly how I felt. Nice. Like when yeah. I the, when you first yeah. said it to me, yeah. I listened to it, I was like, yeah, so it's like every other kind of hipster pop song. And then, and then you're <laughs> right. right, it just, right. It, it's like, by the way, we're, we're fun and we uh, are good musicians too. Like, let us show you. Which is kind of cool. Right, and I don't think right, that like that right. bass was that's not a heavy bass to me. It almost sounded like it was like an acoustic bass. Might be. Uh, they're an acoustic group. I don't know if you, if you saw the video that I sent you. I didn't that, get a chance uh, to watch about it. Yeah. The, the making of it. Um, it was you know it was just kind of like you know they, they started with that guitar riff at the beginning and they kind of built on it and uh, the bass player kind of comes in and just kind of complements a little more. Um, you know and obviously not even there I think for the first yeah. part of it, but. I just think it adds so much more when you, when you hear that, like, whoa, you know, kind of, again, I, th I think a song that probably would be enhanced if you had a pair of headphones mm. on listening to it. Yeah, no, it sounds good. You know, in, in the headphones. Yeah. I like the, I like that um, bass sound. It's, 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 it's yeah, tight. Yeah. There's like a lot of mid in there. So it's like kind of got that like balloony sound, you know, cartoony sound to it, like a bounce to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think that adds to the overall feel of the entire yeah. song. You know, that's what yeah, they're, they're that kind of that for, that so. when you yeah. can get that bouncy sound on bass, you know, I picture in yep. my head like like balloons bouncing. Like that's like the sound that you get from it when you crank up the mids and you lower the high and the low the lows. <laughs> we we have talked before about how you see music um, yeah. visually, and I didn't think of that part of it. But I don't see balloons, but. I like it's just a bouncy too. sound to it. It's actually kind of hard to get on an electric yeah. bass. I've tried to get that kind of bouncy sound, and it's not not easy. What's, what's why is it so difficult? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I'm not a good enough musician, and I'm not a, a big enough gearhead to like figure out how to get that sound. Yeah. You know, right? And maybe right. it's just maybe it is an acoustic bass, and that's just where it comes from. Yeah. But yeah. So I mean, you know, light short. I wanted to keep something short, so I, I thought this kind of fit the the, the bill a little. Couple of parts of it I really like that I'll get to in a second, but this is pretty much, and some of the the research that I've shown and and, and I've re read some of the um, the comments and some YouTube videos. So, so this is Raymond Lamontagne mm -hmm. meets CCR meets Rod Stewart, you know, etc. So you know, I I really like the uh, the lead singer's voice. I think that adds a lot to it. Compliments yeah, he's kind of got, got that raspy. a little bit of like a, a cigarette smoker gravel to him. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. And, you know, and um, it kind of lends itself to, to this just because you don't expect it with all the poppiness and everything else. It's like, oh, and this guy, he's got this, like, it's almost like, I don't know if raspy, but it's it's a little more raw, yeah. you know. So, so um, you want my questions that I have for you or do you want my parts first? Because I, I have a couple questions that I, I want to, there's some clarity that I need to this as you, from a musician's point of view or from a songwriter's okay. point of view. You sure. want that or do you want some of the parts that I like better? So as I, again, I did a deep dive on this, um, I had 
you know, several different sources and stuff. And a lot of people said this is a remake of a song called Brimful of Asha by a band, named, a band called Cornerstone, which was 1997, I think it said. And as of right now, it has 1.5 million views on YouTube. So pretty, and I think pretty uh, charted pretty well around the country, uh, around the world. I think it was on some alternative billboard charts more than, you know, the regular pop stuff. So people know this. So wait, this actually you know, is know, a cover? Know that, know that version of it. No, no. Okay. I think people were, you know, asking, accusing, you know, whatever, however you want to put that. And I think a lot of it's just because of that guitar opening, yeah. you know. However, there's also another song by a band called Ducks Deluxe, which is out of the 70s, that has a very similar opening. And um, if you know anything about Lou Reed or Velvet Underground, Sweet Jane, it's the same kind of strumming at the beginning of that too. So like, my question is, you know, as a musician, you're writing a song and you hear this and you hit, and, and again, in that video that I sent to you, I think he, he, um, he alludes to this, that when you find like, a, when you're strumming and you find that kind of vibe and you want to kind of build a song around it, it comes into your consciousness, however, without, you know, and then all of a sudden, if it's similar to other songs, are you stealing? Are you embellishing? Are you learning from? Is it completely random? And it should be because, it, and you know, if you listen to these other songs, they're close until they're not, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they're close to the beginning until they kind of go off on their, on their own different tangent with different uh, lyrics and all. But, you know, the premise of the, of the guitar, the, you know, that, that kind of is, is, throughout all the stuff, different songs, but, you know, people saying, oh, it's a, you know, and, and the, you know, the, the passionate ones who know the alternative stuff in the nineties are like, this is a ripoff of that, that song by Cornerstone. It's like, no, it's not really, <laughs> Yeah, it's not. And then Fatboy Slim did a, did a remix of, of the, um, uh, Brimful of Asha. I want to say 2015, which was very Fatboy, Fatboy mm-hmm. Slim-ish. So danceable and, you know, probably a club hit and everything else. So people maybe... And that in its in itself, I have that too. No, excuse me. The the, the original one, the corner by the uh, corner shop, has forty eight million views on YouTube. Forty eight million, and one and one point five millions of views of the Fatboy Slim version. So people know this in different worlds than you and I traveling. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, yeah, it's not. It is, but it's good, but it's catchy and stuff. So. I mean, I just, I would hate to be a new band and say like, okay, we've got this killer song. And I think this is one of Camp's more popular Here's songs. Here's the thing about that. Say, like you're, the, you're ripping something There's up, a lot rip, are you really? stuff like that that goes around. And this seems pretty common, this 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 yeah. riff and everything. So, so, okay, I'm sorry. You can't, like, for example, you can't own like the D major scale, right? There's only so many notes that you can <laughs> I, work with. Right, and there's only so many rhythms that you can work with, and there's only so many meters and all this stuff, and you get your inspiration from certain people in certain songs, right? And so, exactly, you know, you can own lyrics to a song, you can copyright lyrics, and you can copyright recordings to a song, which is why we can't play these full songs because full be, because songs when we are seconds, playing correct? those recordings, technically we're like performing them as our own, right? And so, unless we own the rights to use that recording then that's not allowed. Right. You can't own right. like a tune in your head, right? right. And, and the exa- I've actually had this conversation before. And the example that I go to is um, Mary Jane's Last Dance, Tom Petty. Uh, okay. One of the solos in that, he goes, right? Where have you heard that? That riffs everywhere. And my the prime example is White Stripes, Fell in Love with the Girl, which was their breakout hit. Ah, right. ah, yeah. I mean, that that song was huge, and that is the exact same note for note, like playing of that, right, riff. right. Because Tom Petty doesn't own those notes in that order, right? He owns the right. lyrics of that song. He owns the recording that he did, okay. or whoever I don't know who owns his estate, but <laughs> you know, um, so like you could say someone stole it, but is it? It's really like okay. They heard this and then did their own adaptation of it because they liked it. It's an inspiration thing, in my that's my opinion. Right, right. So, two questions. You know, is it even possible? I'm trying to think of some of the lawsuits in, in the past and stuff. Like that, people can rip off a song, different lyrics and everything else, and get sued for that, or not. And number two, it begs the question: Is there anything really new? I mean, it's just a new interpretation of the. Well, same like music I said, there's only hear, certain number you know, of notes so. and rhythms and everything that you can use. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look yeah. at a guitar, 
This is what yeah, you have to work with. Down, by the way, right here. This is all yeah. that you have to work yeah. with for notes. That's it. And rhythm and everything. Like you don't. Right. There's a limit, <laughs> which means stuff right. is going to get recycled and stuff is going to be reused and reimagined. And it's just you know you may like and, what and like you, with all the millions of billions of songs that are in existence. What are the chances that you could just make up a random riff and it is exactly note right. for note? Like even a whole right. song, like write an entire well, song and, and it's like the exact same chord progression, the exact same beat and rhythm. And like there's probably a chance that that has like could, it, it's probably a pretty low, <laughs> low odds, but like that could happen because everyone is working within the same limitations when they're making music. Well, and I, and I think if you hear, like, like I just, and I did, did just very little research for this, but you know, in a very short amount of time that I was looking at it, um, I found three different songs that felt similar. Right. According to other people, and and as I went in and re-listened to those and everything, it's like, yeah, I can I can see that. So there's got to be something about you know how you talked about I can't remember which episode it was. I think it was maybe a Christmas one about like the perfect chords. Oh, the, the Christmas chord combination of notes. Yeah, that that just kind of like feels good, and mm -hmm. that's why people use it over and over. It, this has to be something similar because this is your typical pick up an acoustic guitar and you start this off and then who knows where it's going to take you because mm -hmm. it's such a, it's comfortable. You know, it, it's a really nice um, kind of beginning for anything. And, you know, then you build off it, whether you're going to be build, building musical lyrics off, it just feels like, okay, so this is probably easily done by mm -hmm. 100 people, 200 people. It just, it just yeah. feels like it's that kind of riff. So I was reading that, it's like, come on, is that true? Are you, you know, are you really thinking that? You know, and, and you know, from a musician's point of view, is that insulting, or is it you know? Do people get mad at that, or is it more the the producers and the and the uh, lawyers? I think it's people that, looking know, for money, do that stuff for or, the wrong reasons, or, or that's like yeah, elitism for the wrong reasons. Yeah, you know, right? I mean, look right. at look at you know, I, you know how and, big and, I am into pop punk. Every pop punk song has the exact same thing. Yeah, that's every pop song like yep. pop punk song ever written. Like it, <laughs> sorry, it's just that it's. <laughs> And is because it it fits and it feels good and it works more than right. I'm going to rip someone off, right? Right. So I just thought it was interesting that it kind of went down, and you know, and then people, and this is something that we always put a disclaimer on 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 these podcasts, you know, that we're not the experts, we don't pretend to be, and everything. Mm -hmm. But you know, people are passionate when they hear stuff like, "No way!" If you knew those guys from Cornerstone, Nakuna Shop, like you know, that was brimful of Asher, and you know, it was great. Okay. Like, okay. Okay. Maybe cool. that's fine. You know, but yeah. 48 million views would do that, I guess, if people know your song stuff. But um, appreciate something that's new that's maybe a good, you know, a good kind of combination of some of the things that were good about your song as well. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I just thought it was interesting to see people kind of. Um, that's elitism. You know, Those are the people that are like. And I. And, and, you know, that's not real music. Listen to real music, you know? It's like Twinkle Twinkle Little yeah. Star is real music. It's Back music. In the day. Sorry. Like, you know, the, <laughs> one person may listen to classical you know like like bach and uh all the you know the famous concertos that were written in the 1500s or whatever Composes, yeah. and then someone else yep. can listen to like like slipknot or five finger death punch and sorry those are both they're both music <laughs> they just it's, it's it's music yeah right you know it's just yeah. you, you can't yeah. and you know I, I the whole stealing thing i don't i think it's just inspired and you know, they they probably heard those songs at some point, so it was somewhere in the back of their brain when they wrote it, and they were just like, "Oh well, yeah, this and, is this sounds good." And they, f and I think they feel good to that musician for whatever reason because it's it's mm -hmm. it's a comfortable chord progression, and yeah. a comfortable kind I mean, of way to start. Look at look at Jack Johnson. Every one of Jack he, Johnson's songs, the, the lead singer, exactly is the same. It's the same the same guitar rhythm true. and everything. And you're not going to be like, if anybody writes a, a a you know slow cool like islandy acoustic white man song uh it Sitting that sounds beach, like right. a jack johnson song <laughs> like they're gonna say oh you stole that from they're jack Johnson. well which song did i steal it from because yeah. every single one of his songs sounds like that same with this guy anyone who's got a <laughs> ukulele sounds like every other ukulele song ever written like it's just music yeah. yep i kind of think a little bit I think of that if somebody David was Gray, to a lot of his songs take sound the same too yeah the lyrics or cover a song and take credit as like say it was theirs then that's a problem or even if you like took a song and played right. it exactly as right. someone else did and like maybe changed up the lyrics a little bit like i think that's a little bit iffy but i don't know if legally anything would right. happen i'm not an entertainment lawyer but like it almost seems like it would just be in poor taste more than anything if you ask me well and then un until someone you know 
then you know wants right. to lawyer it up and you know for the wrong reasons too so yeah 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 so yeah so okay let me tell you about a couple of my favorite parts um so so if you're listening also and if you have the option of doing that and, and you know you have some time in hands also go and listen to those other bands and and just kind of see what we mean stuff and you know it's the opening um you know kind of volley as as they're starting the song and mm-hmm. stuff but then it goes in different directions anyway but you know you can't help but to know that 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 underlying um, kind of groove in the very that, beginning um, of this song or at the song, you know, Peach Fuzz. Yeah, well, let's give yeah, people that, kind that, of an idea. That, yeah, that just kind of goes throughout the song. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I was in this, the right. corner, bum, bum. drinking from the pump. Yeah, so it's that you know, you know, and you can probably think of other songs that that do that as well. So, I just it it. I was really, I always try to look at comments and, and when I'm doing some research and, you know, a lot of the, oh, this is the greatest song ever. And, you know, I've seen these guys a couple of times. And then it gets into, you know, pretty early in some of the comments, like, oh, this is just like, you know, that cult, you know, right. that um, uh, brimful of Asha. Like, okay, great. And then people just. I mean, it's the internet. You know, went off. People like, are, like, you know, have a level of anonymity that yeah. gives them yeah. a lot of confidence. So, <laughs> yeah. So one of the best things I think in this song um, is that that part at the end, the um, and I don't even know if it's called the chorus, but you know when when he explains the um, the the lyric of um, it's almost like it's somersaults out of your out of your mouth. Every color of your love, I've seen enough. I want another. You know, just kind of you know keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. I love that. I love that. Every color of your love, I've seen enough. I want another. Is that cool? Every color of your love. I've yeah, that's seen cool. That's how he just kind of like the other the other lines in the verse would stop, but he kind of keeps going with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, the way he he, uh, he tried to ex- uh, describe it is just it does kind of sound like Rod Stewart. Yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. But I can't picture Rod Stewart singing this nope. song. That's not his type of song. I, I, his I voice it, just kind of. I think it's like a raspy it. singer. You know, a song. You know, yeah, that, the guy right. that has that that kind of intonation in his voice. Um, right. So um, again, that second part of it, as, as we already played 208, I think it's a whole different song when it kind of kicks into the instrumental part at the end. My favorite part is uh, probably at 250, and then it fades out, you know. But um, and then 239 is also, you know, very very good if you want to hit 239. That's got to be a Fender guitar. Really? Does <laughs> yeah. that sound? It's e- that's either a, a Strat or a, like a Jazzmaster. Really? Guitar. It's such a cool yeah. sound. It, it, again, it's it's like the whole thing. That twangy, that kind of like bright, bright twangy sound is very trademark of Fender sound. Which I, you know, if you if you're not looking for it, you don't expect it in this song. You know, because you don't think mm. it's going to kind of take. But it feels like it's the the whole thing is taken off. You know, because of the percussion and everything else. Just mm-hmm. like it's kind of like ramping up and taking off a little more. Uh, and my favorite part, without question, is um, two fifty, and you're gonna know why. I love that. One, two, three, four. I love that. One, two, three. Yeah, it's, it's it almost sounds like it's gonna really like kick in, but it doesn't. It just kind of how. How cool! It's a little more calm than you expect. How cool would that be? Well, it kind of goes back. Whoop! My light is blinking over here like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, how cool would that be seeing seeing that play live? I bet it takes off live on stage. Yeah, this feels it. like the kind of band that plays at like music festivals. Yeah, they do. They do. Right. Yep. Like Coachella. Like it yep. sounds like a Coachella band. Yep. Well, for instance, they and were I just. Um, I think before the pandemic hit, they were either scheduled to play or did play or when the new tour is kicking in for 21 i'm going to play like the royale in boston so it's that kind of like i love that venue yep that's one of my favorites just that you know um, breakout artists you know um really passionate following um probably who they saw him at festivals kind of thing so yeah can i just say the royale shout out to that place because they are that is one of the best clubs in boston in my opinion i've seen Delta Ray play there, and I've seen Brian Fallon play there many times. And we are always able to get spots right in the front row. So tip to anyone who is going to a show at the Royale in Boston when things are back opened up. Uh, go to the left side of the club, 
and work your way up towards the front. And there is always a spot right on the front row, right against the rail in the left corner. Okay. We've been there every single time. We've gotten right up front there, and you are right at the stage. Wow, nice. I don't know what it is about that place, <laughs> but like that little spot is always open. And it's cool because if you look up to the left, you can see the staircase that leads up to the green room. So you'll see, like, we, we were hanging out there between um, Brian Fallon and his opening act. And uh, we looked up there, and he was, like, hanging out there, waving to people and, like, you know, like, because they just kind of come out of the green room and they see what's going on out in the crowd and on stage and stuff. You can kind of see all the behind the scenes right there. Nice. It's a great spot. And for some reason, there's always space there. So there's my little tip to any Bostonians who are so going to shows. People at the go right instead of left, maybe, and left. They go straight. They, they they go, go straight. straight on it. Fills in the middle first, and then on the right side is where all the merch is. And um, I don't know why, but yeah, it tends to fill up on the right That's side. But on the left side, yeah. there's always an opening in that corner, and there's also a bar on that side, right in, near the front too. Nice. That is never busy. You like you can get drinks right there. I think so, House of Blues was like that too. The times we've been there, it seemed like the left side was a little more open. And they, this, yeah, I don't this, know House of Blues. I stay back. I I stay around the the sound booth in House of Blues. But there we go right up front. And if you if anyone wants to check it out, I have um, maybe I'll share a video on the Instagram page at uh, YNL Podcast Instagram page. I have a bunch of videos from that you can see exactly what the vantage point is like. Nice, uh, and it's right there. It's really it's a great spot. So. And that's like it's a dance club during the early evening, and then they shut it down or something. How does that? No, they they have shows there, and then after the shows, they clear everyone out and they bring out like couches and tables and stuff, and then it becomes a dance club. Oh, it's the opposite. So okay. like as you're leaving, they'll be pulling out like the lounge chairs and the couches and stuff. It's kind really? of funny. And then there's a different line, like you know, the show gets out, and then there's people lined up to come to the club. To so. start the club at like eleven o'clock, kind of thing. Or yeah, yeah, else? exactly. Wow. Like they open it up at like eleven thirty or midnight, nice. and go. And I bet two. every city has a club like that, you know, pretty much. Oh, I'm but, sure there's yeah. a bunch. I'm sure there's a bunch in Boston yeah. too. Yep. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. And I, just, guys, I just really like that venue. I've, it, it's a really good place to see a show. So these guys had played there, and I think they also played House of Blues. You know, so they they they're in that circuit. So yeah. Um, and again, I think, you know, whether it's Coachella or, uh, you know, Bonnaroo or whatever, but I'm sure they've done the festival or continue to do the festival, um, kind of scene as well. So, so that's cool. it. Good, good, good. So group. what's kind of your, fun. uh, you, you said your favorite part of it. Yeah. The my favorite part was probably when, you know, that when it kicks in the one, two, three and everything, and then, you know, it kind of starts to fade out and, and the band, uh, the banjo kind of comes in. So certainly the second part of the, the song, um, favorite, yeah. you know, without question. So. What about, uh, can you see anyone covering this? I don't know. Um. It's almost it's almost like two different Corner songs. Shop. Who's that? <laughs> Corner Shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I don't know. Trying to, uh, who would do this as a as a good like if if somebody who just wants to sit around, you know, maybe Gaslight Anthem, you know, acoustically, mm. you know. But I can I, I can see Brian's voice. It's a little too poppy. But but not the second part. You know, I can see the you know the jam part at the end. You know, doing yeah. that. But I like his, I think Brian Fallon's voice, you know, could kind of pull this off He does off kind of well, have that so, raspy so. voice a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah. cool. That's I feel fun. like every time we schedule these recordings, I feel great. And then like the day before we record, I like get all stuffed up and like, <laughs> I get you, You're not allergic to good music, are you? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's just it always so. seems to work out that way. So check out this band if you get a chance to. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people already know about it. That you know when when we post this one, that's going to be something that's going to be familiar. But camp, um, camp. With two A's, two A's, C A A M P. They're out of um out of Ohio. You know, and yeah, uh, I think I can see that. <laughs> yep, yeah, yep. Uh, they, they they I think they're Ohio State, just like um uh, boys as well, and, and other bands that kind of came out of that, that OSU baby and stuff. So, you know, OAR and stuff. So yep, yep. Well, OAR is from Maryland, but. Yeah, but they they played and started doing a lot of stuff and got a lot more uh, a lot busy at oh, uh, right. at uh, the Ohio State University. Right, and I think these guys kind of you know, Ohio via probably San Francisco via you know West Coast or something like that. But uh, they play out a lot. Good, good band, good fun. Cool. That's it. All right. And I wanted to not talk as long as I have in the past, so I'm sorry that I, I've done that in the past. So I'm going no, to talk. No, it's all right. That's done. We're good. So are we these, ready and, to get deep in the cheese? And, well, and the other thing is these guys also remind me a lot of Ray LaMontagne, who I love as well. Yeah. I'm going to do one of his songs somewhere down the road. So Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. You probably hear a lot yeah. of him on like Jimmy Buffett radio, right? Yep. Yep. Yep, definitely. Mar- or Margaritaville radio, whatever it is. Yep. All right. I'm sorry I stepped on you there. Go ahead. What are you going to say? I was going to say, are you ready to, ready to step into the cheese? <sighs> yes. Always ready to deepen the cheese. 
Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right. Cheese away. Now, Cheese this away, is going to be actually really cool. So th- this song, you look at it on the surface, I, and it's super cheesy. But there's... I, see, I, I when you first just told me a little while ago, I'm thinking, that's not as cheesy as, as I thought it was going to be. I thought you were going to go but, deep, deep, but deep. But this so is this just so bad. stereotypical, like, 80s action movie type song. Okay. Right? Okay. Like, it's just... But there's a reason I chose that, and, and I, I there's something really, really cool that I want to talk about with it, but first, I want I want to go listen to it. I played my little preview before, um, but it, go listen to the full song. Either uh, click the link in the show notes or check out the Spotify playlist and listen to St. Elmo's Fire by John Parr, and then, uh, like I said, make sure you're doing something when you listen to it. Even if you're just washing dishes, it's going to make you feel like you are the best at whatever you're doing. So uh, go for a walk or, you know, climb a mountain, do something uh, physical while you're listening to this song. It, I, I, that's the experience. And then come on back and we will talk about it. So this is the ultimate workout song? Is it, that what you're saying? It, 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 it's one of them. It's one of them. All right, go listen and okay. then come back. All right. I feel like it's like... <laughs> Go ahead. Like the cooler version of Eye of the Tiger. You know, it's funny because I was just going to mention Eye of the Tiger. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's like that same kind of like, like you want to put like, a, like wrap a bandana around your forehead. I did. I just did that. I just went for, a, for a run after drinking some Like mix. I'm picturing those, those guys from the Lost Boys, you know, <laughs> like that look. Yep. Doing something like, like getting ready for like a big fight. In or slow motion. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like it's the, it, it, it's one of those that you could take this song and put it over any Rocky like. Rocky two. Rocky three workout montage yep. from from one of, from any movie and it'll be hilarious but it'll work really well or and I right? was thinking see first off and I have a couple questions as you, as you probably can figure out but I thought okay cheese you know action movie I thought you were gonna pull something from Top Gun like Danger Zone or something like this and this is the same thing you could put this right over you know the the shots of the planes taking off the jets and right you know, right. right 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 exactly. So so before you anything okay before you say anything so when you when you when we book this and you say okay let's do it on you know on a Wednesday to so and so time and stuff and you think okay what song am I going to do do you lie in bed and say yeah I think I'm going to do a cheesy 80s movie from a <laughs> from um Well I, I kind of like I, I like to look at what we've done in the past <laughs> like re- the last few episodes yep. right and then I want to try and do something different so like the last one Nick, I did uh, I you know I did uh, the one from Oh Brother Where Art Thou which was yep. like acapella, yep. uh, and then Alison Krauss, yep. I, yeah, I did Alison Krauss, and then I what did I do after that? God, you did buy. We I what's that? That that band that you did buy from Sam? Yeah, yeah. So that was more of yep. like a electronic pop. Yep. So I'm like, all right, I should maybe do something that's a little bit older and like a completely different genre than I've done in a little while. And so then I just put on my list of like you know, all of these random songs that I, I've come across in the past that I thought would be fun to talk about. And I just put it on shuffle and then see what comes up. And Juice then one, Newton, whichever Tom one Jones, hooks me. Achy, breaky heart. 
this right okay gotcha yeah whichever one hooks me i'm like okay I, yeah this is a good one like let's and then i listen to it a bunch of times and you know go to start doing the research so okay so kind of an interesting story about this one so john parr um it, it was written for the the movie saint elmo's fire okay and it was like a big hit oh yeah <laughs> in, in, oh yeah in 1985 like this is a really big song but it's interesting because um so the story it says they were contracted to write a song for the film uh but john parr was struggling with inspiration for the lyrics uh and he, he uh someone showed him a news clip from the uh, about a Canadian athlete named Rick Hansen, who at the time was going around the world in his wheelchair to raise awareness for spinal cord injuries. Uh, and his journey was called the Man in Motion Tour. So that was, you know, the inspiration for the lyrics to this song. Um, it says it directly referenced his efforts. So lyrics like, um, uh, gonna be your man in motion, all I need is this pair of wheels. Oh, okay. And so that was kind of the kind of a cool, like, you know, I got to write this song for this movie. I don't know what to write it about. And sees this inspiring news story about a, a guy traveling the world in a, in a wheelchair to raise awareness. Like, that's kind of cool. I like that. But what I love about this is this is it's just the it's the quintessential 80s sound. Like, I feel like you could play this for anyone at any time and be like, quick, when did this movie come out? They'd be like 1980 something. Because <laughs> it's just Five. it's so yeah it is like it is just the peak example of eighties pop rock sound right mm -hmm. and there's a reason for that and uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into some specific so this is kind of like yours like before we get into the specific you know timestamps and, and yep. play some examples I I want to talk about something called gated reverb have you ever heard of that gated reverb no yeah no so anyone who's who's like in the production music production or sound engineering stuff probably has heard of gated reverb and this is kind of like an infamous story uh when it comes to recording technologies uh gated reverb is is the 80s drum sound okay you know that pfft? it's yeah. like the it, it, it's a really big echoey drum that kind of like right. cuts off at the end right like that's the 80s drum sound and big it, it's a big sound right it's a big sound but it's not like like if you had like regular reverb with that much on it, like you'd hit a drum and it'd be like, right? right. So it, it cuts off, and it's just it's a really unique sound and it's just defining for the '80s. Like it is the sound of the '80s. That's what makes a song sound like it's from from that time. And it, of course, like all good things like this, was a mistake, right? The, it really? was developed by by accident, uh, and it was actually developed um, with Genesis, I think. Phil Collins, really? Uh, Phil Collins, yeah. Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so the engineer, Hugh Padgham, uh, and producer Steve Lillywhite, they were, you know, working on some, they were working on the song, what is the song they were working on? Um, Intruder. Was it that, is that the song they were, I'm not sure what song it was, but basically they had the, the drums all, all mic'd up, right, with a noise gate on it. And what a noise gate is, is it takes, it mutes anything above a certain frequency, right? So it's a physical thing on the drum? It's like, no, it's not, a, no, it's a, it's, it's in the, it's, it's an in the engineering process thing, a noise gate, okay. like, okay. Okay. Like if I was to put a noise gate on your voice, if you shouted anything louder than the certain level that I set it at, it'll, it would it would cut it off. Okay, dampen. Okay. Yep. Okay. Right. Or it it actually it's quieter. Anything quieter. Sorry about that. So it gets rid of like like ground noise and you know, if there's like a okay. small hum that's like, you know, negative thirty decibels, then you can set your noise gate at like negative twenty decibels and you won't hear it. It cuts it off. Gotcha. Okay. So that's what it's okay. not 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 loud. Sorry, loud. That's clipping. That's distortion. Whatever. That's a different thing. A noise gate cuts off things below a certain volume level. Okay. All right. And what happened was he had a microphone in the studio that was designed for talking back and forth. Right. Right. You have the the microphone where the producer talks to the people in the studio and to, they, to they studio, chat back and forth. Yeah. And honest, it was accidentally right. left on, and it created this really crazy extreme reverb. So like if you oh. hit the drum, it's like like extreme reverb, but it had that noise gate on it. So it has that really, really crazy reverb that gets completely cut off after like a second. Really? Interesting. Okay. And that's where that sound came from. And they just were like, that's awesome. <laughs> and the, you know, the the best example of it is that in the air tonight, you know, when he when the drums come in. 
you hear it and you you hear it throughout this song it's like i said it's the sound of the 80s let me play just another little few seconds of the song so you can listen to the drums you hear it yeah okay yeah it's an echo i mean it just it just screams the 80s like you said but yeah okay yeah that's the sound yeah and you know it's coming back there's a lot of music uh, now that's using that they electronically they use like drum machines and they they do that, right? But so so when they first heard this and it was a mistake, but it was an awesome mistake. Then they they tried to duplicate that electronically because they didn't just leave mics on in studios all around. Right? The yeah. They doing, so they started around. creating artificial reverb with like giant. They would have like giant cabinets with metal sheets on it, or they would have rooms where they would create like an echo chamber that would make reverb. And then they would with this gate. then they would put the noise gate on it. Then they would gate it. And then eventually they oh. developed you know technologies like compressors and stuff that that you plug into that had presets where you could like you know it, it added that stuff onto it. And that now it's all so, computerized. So we always talk about you know the electronic drum sound from the eighties. Mm-hmm. You know we've talked about that in the past. Were they not really electronic drums? Were they were just drums being put through this gate yeah so thing? the drums are they're recorded and they they have reverb added to them and then they're gated and then uh, you know eventually and i think i think the technology developed pretty quickly that they put them through compressors that would it took that over would, they, they, they use presets and then they used it to death to the point where in the 90s right, right everyone went back to dry recordings of drums because nobody wanted that that sound anymore because it was done to okay death. all right and now yeah. it's starting to come okay. back a little bit you'll hear it in, in more mainstream pop pop music a little bit you know, it's funny because that is such an iconic um, drum fill from Phil Collins in the Air mm-hmm. Tonight that everyone that knows one and everyone. that the, it, the biggest examples that people use are that one and then um, uh, Mellencamp, Jack and Diane, which do, 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 at the beginning no, the fill that um, oh that Liberty spoke yeah about? what's his uh, what's his name oh oh um yeah 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 the fill yeah. that, yeah. that you, you know you save your career with it <laughs> yeah um, oh really that okay. fill. Do, 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 boom, boom, boom. Kenny Aronoff. Kenny Aronoff, yeah. 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 That, yeah. That's the other example that people use a lot. That, do, that do, had do, heavy yeah. gated reverb on it. So, Really? Okay. All right. But I mean, that that's that, you know, that, that in the air tonight, everyone has, has you know, air drum that, right. you know, in a car or somewhere without question. Yeah. You know, so. And that's that sound. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Did you know that or did you research that? Did you, I learned did you that, learn that down a YouTube rabbit hole some, some years ago and I revisited the concept of it for this because I think that's a really cool story and I think maybe people learned something today so yeah learned about gated reverb because they were listening that's right so. well you are now um wow okay so it's funny because I never thought about that you know it's it's that quintessential sound but it's kind of like you just you know it, well that's every Huey Lewis song and mm-hmm. that's you know Kenny Loggins and and, and when know. when I say they did it to death they used they, they did, did it, to, it death. to death I mean yeah, every yeah. song because it's a formula that works. From rock to pop, I mean, Eurythmics. Do you think of like Sweet Dreams are made of this? Like, yeah. You know, like every any song from the 80s, you, you're almost guaranteed to hear it. And the interesting a lot of thing Michael is. Jackson songs use it. The interesting thing is if, you know, if it's an electronic sound, um, it's also the 80s, you know, at that point in, in, um, in, in the history of music is when MTV started. So everything was videos and showing, li- a lot of times showing live playing. Yeah, drum sets. But I mean, they were played. They were, con- they were concept one as well. But but it's uh, it was a different sound that they couldn't just get from a regular live recording. They had to make sure they worked at that. Yeah, they it's it's produced. It's you know wow. that sound okay. was, was produced. So okay. Um, but you know they created shortcuts for it with compressors and then yeah they just put it on everything. So so this song I don't know if I think of Saint Elmo's Fire as a um, what did you call it a, um, 80s... a montage song? No, not a montage, but a. Um, Good, I'll think of it. Good. You, you talk. Okay. Uh, well, I just wanted to get into some of the stuff that I like in it that I think is kind of fun to listen to. Um, the the backing track, instead of like a guitar, the the guitar is actually very sparse in this. Every once in a while, it they'll is. just kind of hit a distorted chord and let it yeah, ring yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. it's the the synthesizer, and it kind of has that bouncy, balloony feel to it, kind of like in the last <laughs> song. Listen, listen Did you to see the, balloons in this one, too? Listen to the uh, the synthesizer that's doing the main chord progression of the song. It's almost like like electrical wires, right? Like the boom, 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 boom. Like if you were to hit like, 
I'm, th- yeah. I'm thinking of like the the music video, the the other side from uh, <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, where they're oh, like yeah, 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 where they're like yeah. plucking the electrical wires. I feel yeah, like this yeah. is the sound that that would make. Okay, you know what I, I mean? Get that. Yeah, I get that. That's cool. That's cool. It's just it's a and neat it is, it's a neat sound to it. And and that's not you. That's unique enough. I don't think I've heard that a lot in a lot of other '80s songs. This is this is different because I think it's all driven by that rather than the guitar, rather than the heavy guitar. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool, and it's not like your typical '80s synthesizer. It's a little different sound. I'm not sure what they used for that. I'm guessing they used a synth synthesizer for it yeah, somehow, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Um, and then the what I really one thing that I really like, and it's just a tiny little thing, and it's nothing really like it's nothing crazy, and it's not super noticeable. But before they go into the chorus, he does a quick little like muted click with the guitar, like a right before they go into the chorus. Listen to what I mean, okay. because everything drops, and right before they go into the chorus, he does it. Did you hear it? Yeah. And it's just, I don't know what it is about that, but I feel like it, it gives it a feel like it's someone playing. It feels more like a performance. It feels less dialed in and more like someone is okay. just like actually playing, because you have to like get your body into it to do that, that, you know? Instead of just like waiting and then slamming the chord, it's a little bit more natural. Like if you if someone right. was playing live, like I said, it's it, funny because I I've heard that, but I've never heard, I've never thought about that. It's one, just you know, it, like as a guitar player, like you can picture exactly what that is. Yeah, you know, just you just do a quick little so jab we, before you hit that note. So when you hear that, do you always like just like kind of your your mind and your your, your air guitar always go to like like that? Like oh, I love that. You air guitar it every time. I know, I know that people can't see if you're just listening, but like you know, it's one of those like if this is the chord you're hitting, instead of just going like this, it's it's just a little extra. You know, can you yeah. hear that? Yeah, it's just that tiny little thing. <laughs> but I feel like it gives it like life, right? Like it gives it, like it gives I'm, it personality, I, and it gives it a, a, a little bit more feeling behind it, like a hum, human feel behind it. And does it do that every time, or does it have that like that direct stop? And then I think it does right it pretty much every time. Does it? Okay. There's okay. another. So the last one, the last chorus, I, I I'm going to talk about it. I don't know if it does it or not, but I like to with these types of songs. There's something that like hooks you with it, especially with these '80s songs. They they always have like a really strong hook, and I I think it's pretty clear that the hook in this one is the higher and higher part, right? That's the hook because then they go right back okay. into the regular chorus. But like it's it's the part that stands out at the end of the line uh, in the chorus, and it's just a really it's a like oh, that's yeah. a good hook. But and that's an addition, almost like that that guitar piece that seems like it's it's an yeah. Add-on. But it feels like that's that gives it what that does is that gives like it adds the confidence to it. Like this song is a very confident song. This is this is all about like <laughs> I can do it. I I'm the best, you know. You know, you, you so only, right, what, right. the line is like only you can do what must be done or something like that. Like it's a very like confident song and there's a lot of power behind that one line. I'll be with the Eagles flying higher and higher and there's so much power behind that line that I think that really evokes the feeling that he's trying to to get across in the song. So so that higher and higher part is where they would show that in the montage the slow motion um guy running across the finish line, you know, as, yeah, as maybe. he kind of finishes the workout yeah, like maybe. yeah, okay, gotcha. Um <laughs> I'm thinking of Rocky right, and right. That might, you, racing you know, on you, the beach. You, you always go to those workout <laughs> montages from like from Rocky. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because there's a similar workout montage in, in, you know, I watch all the the kids, the Disney movies with my kids, and there's a similar workout montage in Zootopia, uh, and I would love to see this song played over that scene, which I think would be just really funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I should uh, I should see if we can make that happen. So maybe Katie can do that for me. I just think that would be really funny. Nice. Yeah, and then what's cool is that that part they they sing different lyrics later on in the song before they go into the regular like they'll sing the chorus with different words but they still keep that same okay. structure so without uh saying higher and higher you know they say like something else yeah i just really like i think it's a really good hook you know and when you use different lyrics in it it just makes it that much more interesting so so is that john pa 
singing, performing, writing I think this? So. Okay, was that a, he a one hit one? I don't know anything about him. Not a fair question. You probably I don't know, know anything that. about him. If anybody yeah. has fun, some fun facts about John Parr, at YNL Podcast, find us on Twitter. I don't know anything about the guy. Okay. I mean, if you look at, at some of the stuff that's on Wikipedia, it shows that he's played. I mean, he was hired people, to write really the movie for this song. So yeah. maybe he's just like a, you know, he's a songwriter that gets hired to write songs for, for certain people. And he just had right. a, happened to have a breakout right. hit with this song. You know, who knows? So my, my question that I was going to ask you a little while ago was, you said initially this is a um, quintessential, quintessential uh, song for an action film. And have you ever seen the movie no. St. Elmo's Fire? Okay. I, I don't think it was an action film. I think it was a, it's not, it's a, it's a brat, you know, brat right. pack, you know, sitting in the bar and, you know, and having, you know, I, you know, issues amongst themselves and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And why does a song like this have such an epic I soundtrack? I, I don't, don't know. I like don't I haven't know. seen the movie. I know, you know of the movie, but I haven't actually watched it. And so I don't know how this song yeah. sits in that, in that film, but just the sound of yeah. it, like yeah. it just fits in with songs like Eye of the Tiger. Right. So. Right. And maybe but even it, like Danger you know, Zone, but, like that. It just has that feel. But but think of some of the the, the physical aspects, or the you know, or the, the the motorcycles, or the, certainly the planes, everything else in uh, Top Gun, and that's like right. Danger Zone, and it shows all. Like I don't think there was any of that in Saint Elmo's. No. I don't think. I think and I'm it was picturing more, a, more a like talkie, Rocky style yeah. than I am like like yeah like yeah, when yeah, I say action, right. I mean more like I don't know. I'm picturing like Rocky mixed with the Lost Boys, which is why I brought those up. Like that kind of feel yeah yeah, yeah. So. no i know what you're saying it's a little different no and what i'm just saying is like this doesn't seem to kind of fit to have that kind of epic yeah i'm gonna have song. to watch the movie yeah, i guess and, and yet it did and it worked and it worked I guess some, sometime i'm gonna have to watch that movie i think it was um if you any and this is maybe way out of bounds and you know i'm gonna probably have people complain about me when i say this but i think it was like breakfast club part two ish you know, so you've seen right, everyone's right. seen Bre you've seen Breakfast Club. So I don't think it was that far off. It was like older versions. I mean, Judd Hirsch is, is was in it. You know, the, mm -hmm. the the bad guy and stuff. And I don't know if he, some of the other people, but there was that whole when when all those those young artists and, and young actors were all mm -hmm. like the in thing, and they they put them in a bunch of different movies together. And I think this was when they were of age of being mm -hmm. in the bars <laughs> and you know that that mid twenties kind of vibe. When people stop paying attention um, to you. And before you are old and, enough that you, you know, can like that, separate and, yourself from those other movies, right? Yeah, and this and this song just didn't feel like it fit. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to get my wheels and go like, what? You know, because it just but it, but yeah. it's huge. I remember, and they may have that. just said, "Hey, we need a movie like, for this song. Like, just make a big hit. I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't have yeah. to do anything to do with it the was. movie. It just we just need a hit song so we can make money. You know, maybe yeah. that's what it was. And he's like, "All right, yeah. I have free reign yeah. to do whatever I want. I'm going to." Do a killer do song. <laughs> uh, I just need a little inspiration for the lyrics, and you know, and maybe the montage that this is over is you know with fights and people walking away and yelling and screaming. At each I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure it's not. It's not uh, jets taking yeah. off and and you know fighting the Russians or anything like that. Yeah, so. I don't know. All right, I have <laughs> another another yeah, one. It's just some guitar fills that I don't need to really share those because there's not a lot of get. There's not no, a lot no, of guitar here. in here. So, um, you know, there's one part uh, where he plays a riff at two forty. There's a little guitar riff. Do, 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 right? And it's in a lower register. Yeah. And then he plays the exact same riff a little bit later in a higher register. I just thought that's kind of cool. I just noticed that. And the vocals are in a higher yeah, register. Yeah, so this as is well, like a too. bridge, right? Um. And what I love right. about it, and this is actually one of the, my favorite parts of this song, if not my favorite part, at 3.02-ish, three minutes, it sounds like there's a key change when he when he gets to the end of that bridge and then goes yes. into the chorus. Yes. But it's like a fake key change. Like, he doesn't change the key. He's just playing the chorus the same way he did. But the buildup from the bridge makes it sound like it's a key change. Listen to this. Oh. Just some higher notes. Right? That sounds like a key change because of the notes that he's singing. And then yeah. with the trumpets at the end hit, hitting that high note going into it, it sounds like yes. a key yeah, change. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, this is the chorus that he sings there. It's the same notes. That's same. not a key change. He didn't yeah. change. 
maybe the bridge was, was a in bridge, a different the, it, maybe it was the a bridge, bridge was that in a, a different that. key or something but like it, it really sounds like they're building up to like an epic Bon Jovi key change, right? And it sounds like a, it sounds like a, oh, that's a <laughs> right. killer key change, but like that's not a, it's he's in the same key that he's been playing the whole song in. It's not at all because I had to check, I had to put them next to each again, other and like it, listen to the choruses one right after the other because I couldn't tell if he actually changed changed keys or not. And it, and like I said, it could be that he's just yeah. is in a different key. Like if he goes down for the bridge, maybe he's in a different key, but. I, it, it's almost like a gotcha moment, you know? It's a little bit of gamesmanship. Yeah. There, almost sounds like, ha ha. Gotcha. So that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Never I, I actually never really like this song. Before. Great song. Don't be ashamed to play this song loud whenever you're doing what you're doing. It's just a fun, <laughs> powerful song that, you know, it, the only reason it's deep in the cheese is because it has so much of that 80s sound. Yeah. But when you strip yeah. away that, like when you, when you, when you exclude the whole like cheesy '80s sound to it, when you don't pay attention to that, and you just listen to the song, you realize it's a good song. Really good. <laughs> so yeah, it's really a still a good song. It's funny because you, when you just mentioned that that guitar part, I'm glad you played those. By the way, that is something that just made me think of the the Danger Zones and a few other songs of that that that, that same guitar, that kind of thing, like. Yeah, that just was wow. Okay, I think I've heard that before. So interesting. Yeah. So that's what I have. Cool. I mean, the the thing cool. that really I like about this is I like that story behind the gated reverb. I think that's really interesting. And what's cool is once you know that, you're gonna start picking up on it. And you're gonna hear that in other songs, and you're gonna understand. Especially when you listen to songs from the '80s, you're gonna understand the intricacies that go into creating these sounds. And clearly, in the and, '80s, and the they history were of it, how it's doing started. a lot of experimentation with with song producing, right? Right. So when we're releasing this, one of the things, you know, anybody, whether it's people my age or, you know, people younger than you who might be listening, you almost have to sell it, like, go re-listen mm -hmm. and relearn about this song. Because if people see it's like, oh, I'm not, you know, oh, you know, that song mm -hmm. again, like Hakey Breaky Hot, oh, that song stuff. But if you really pay attention, you're going to learn something about it and you're going to, it gives you a idea. chance to kind of re-appreciate it. And hopefully you know, by this now. point, yeah. our listeners understand when we pull that. out songs that make them roll their eyes before they re-listen to them. Hopefully they understand that like, there's a reason <laughs> we're covering these, that song, you know? <laughs> right. Right. And hopefully that's the reason why right. they want to still continue to listen, which we, we still get a lot of people listening on a regular basis to yep. do that, to learn some new song stuff. So, so cool. I, I, nice. I like the song a nice. lot. I've always, I've always liked it. It was like it's like not quite cheesy enough to be Eye of the Tiger, but it's still like within that world, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's funny because I never thought of it as a standalone song like that. I always thought of it as mm -hmm. the soundtrack to that movie, which I've seen. And I think the the I almost think that the song was bigger than I've the never movie seen the film, the film, and I've been listening to the song if since high school. I think I I think Katie showed it to yeah. me in high school. Yeah. Two songs that Katie showed us. So mm -hmm. this was eighty five. This would have been shortly after I started DJing, and the guy that was kind of my mentor, DJ, um, in the DJ world of trying to get me started and get me connected with equipment and everything else, oh, really? loved this song. I just remember him for some reason. For some reason, he was playing a gig at St. A's College, St. Anselm's College up in New Hampshire, and he played this song like it was just out, and he said everybody loved it, and, everything. and I don't know if I've ever played this song ever live. Um, just didn't seem like it was going to be something I could play at a, at a gig or anything like that. But um, he loved, loved, loved this song. And that's my visual of it, of, of this guy, Mike, like saying, oh, you got to hear, hear this new song. And, you know, I had the the the, um, the, the 45, you know, the 7-inch, and, you know, it had a, you know, um, picture of all those stars sitting out in a bar together with the green cover scene. I mean, just, you know, the, the, so the picture sleeve was, was kind of, classic and stuff like that's what i remember about it i don't think of it as a standalone song as like i and i i kind of think of eye of the tiger as a standalone song i don't think of right. rocky when i think of eye of the tiger you know but i think of this song as only connected to that to that soundtrack like danger zone right interesting how are you cool. going to hear danger zone and not not think of top gun there's top certain gun, ways right, right. certain songs Maverick. that okay yeah you know are so much associated with with movies so yeah and whenever you it's think like, of that song, it's like you think the, of the Jets the, uh, taking the off, right? Just Justin Timberlake song from the Trolls movie. You know, I have kids, so when I hear that song, <laughs> all I think about is trolls, and it makes me want to gouge my eyes trolls? out. But <laughs> you know, our friend Sully, like that was his first dance at his wedding. 
I don't think he's ever seen that movie, but he just knew it as yes, a great dance dance song by Justin Timberlake. And it came on, and I went, "Oh my I think god!" He might have. Trolls. I think that really, but you know that's. See, and as a DJ, that was a song I was playing on a regular basis every night. Right, but you know what? That song was written for trolls. It was written for that. It wasn't written, and then they adapted I, it. I'm pretty sure. Really? I'm pretty sure he wrote that song <laughs> for the movie. Because because the song came out when the movie came out. Let's. We'll have to ask Sully this, but I think, I think he and Remy might have, kind of captured the trolls dance a little in some of the things that they were doing so <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if he had seen the movie and were trying to do something with things that the trolls would see do. remy's a big remy is a big disney see yeah fan yeah. so good. trolls is not disney so but I, it was I don't it was good would... enough though it was good enough that it was close you know yeah. and it had such good music in it and stuff i love that song Ugh. i like that song a lot Trolls. I think that that song, um, and there must have been some remixes for everything, but I think it missed the mark at the end where they could have had that go on for another three or four or five minutes as a dance version, you know. Um, be, I'm and, sure there is. But I never, I heard other people do it, but I never heard Justin Timberlake had an extended version of it because I looked for that, you mm -hmm. know, because it was like always a, a hit every time I played it. And I'm thinking like, this is too short, you know. This needs to go on for another three or four minutes to kind of keep this dance floor going and stuff. So again, maybe that's the argument that it was written as a you know two and a half three minute song for a movie. You know, so yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, this is the finale to the movie. The yeah, it, it, the scene is going to last three and a half minutes. Yeah. So, <laughs> and you know what? And that was a great moment in Sully and, and Remy's wedding. By the way, my last wedding, my my final DJ. Ended right on a good note. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, that's no, all no, I no. got. Who, I mean, who can you see covering it? Kenny Loggins. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, I don't know. I think they have. I think there have been some covers of this. I I would almost like to hear like a rock and roll cover of this, like a modern version of it, right? Like I'd love to hear like Foo Fighters cover this song. Yeah. Yes. Because I feel yeah. like that would just sound really cool. I feel like Dave Grohl could really yeah. knock this out. Of Reach the out to him. Let's ask him. Or you know, uh, um, Green Day. You know. Or something. Yeah, maybe they do do some wacky yeah, stuff like yeah. that. But I think I think Foo Fighters would be my pick for okay, cool for a cover for this. Nice. Wouldn't be surprised if you would do that. So yep. hold that up at a it, so that's it, all we hold got. It up at a uh, show. I hope you enjoyed our time in the cheese today. That wasn't too cheesy though. That wasn't bad. It wasn't too cheesy. Now Danger you know, Zone would have been cheese. I'm thinking like, oh, he's going down that road. Okay, but this this yeah, wasn't. I'm as not bad. a big fan of that. This wasn't as bad. I'm just not a big fan of that song. Nice. I. I I don't have a reason for it. I just that that's not a song that I would enjoy listening to enough that right. I could like. I think that was written specifically for the movie too, so it has the imagery yeah. rather than the, how good good the song is. But yeah, that's a that's a good like joke song. Yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah. like yeah. So, but you know what? But it, what is not a joke song? That drum fill from Phil Collins in the air tonight. Yep, goosebumps. And imagine how that would sound like if it didn't have gated reverb on it, if they hadn't accidentally discovered that. Yeah, yeah. Probably wouldn't be as impactful. No, I don't think so. That was big. That was big. And I know I sent it to you a few times with the video of, of him playing that live. Mm. Of you, 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 have you seen that one? Oh, yeah. Where he walks around the stage and goes up on the top. Yeah. And gets back. Phil Collins. Gets back to the underrated. top. Underrated. Oh, big in, you know? in the 80s and 90s. Big, you know, when, when Disney came to him and they were like, hey, Phil, can you like do a... <laughs> Some songs for a soundtrack for us. Like you don't need to work too hard. It's 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 Tarzan. You know, it's about a, a guy who's who's lost in the jungle and is raised by talking animals. Right, like right. don't don't really work too hard. And he's like, by the way, let me spew out the greatest cartoon soundtrack of all time. Wow, that's bold. Some of some great songs. Yeah. On that soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> no. Phil, Phil Collins, man. Phil Collins was was huge, 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 huge. It's so talented. And I'm sure we're going to talk about him again yeah. because we are going to do an episode with friend of the show, Mike Leonardo, in uh, in the near future talking about Disney music. There you go. Okay. So, so I'll leave you with and this on I'm Phil sure Collins. Phil Collins and Brian Adams, two underrated. Everybody thinks of them this handful of songs. Brian Adams, yeah. Great, great artists who stayed true to their music and didn't go down you know, the, 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 the dangerous or the bad, you know, the bad direction stuff. So really good. Yep. What did, what did, Brian Adams he did um Summer 69. Yeah, but what what was the he's got one that's deep in the cheese which what was it? Look into your heart. Cuts like a knife and stuff. I mean, he's a he's got a bunch of them. He had some that would do Everything I do, I do it, I for, do it for you, you. Robin right? Hood. Yeah, theme from Robin Hood. That's that's a hell of a song too. Yep. 
That's yeah. actually on my list. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Stay tuned, everybody. Stay tuned. We will we will continue in the cheese with a little Brian Adams. <laughs> I got to get a shirt if we're going to do more Everything cheese. Everything I do, I do it for you. I have to get my cheese shirt sometimes. So. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, Thanks, man. Kind of a long episode, but I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to check out PantheonPodcasts.com for other awesome music-related podcasts. Find us on social media at YNL Podcast. Talk to us in the discussion group on Facebook. And check out our Patreon page and Teespring store to help support the show. Remember to subscribe, rate, review. Ready? Do you have something to say? I have one thing. Yeah. We didn't do a dad joke. You ready? Sure. Get me with it. Ready? So I went to uh, a baseball game last week. Yeah. And the, uh, the umpire was just kind of wandering around um, the field. And then you got hit. And he, by by a stray ball, they got knocked out. It was the fall of the Roman Empire. <laughs> That's not bad. Can you do a Can you do a drum? Can you do a drum thing there? I just wanted you to use that new effect. That's why. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, that one was pretty good. There you go. That one was okay. pretty good. Go. All right, folks. That's it. So remember to stay hydrated, listen to good music, and don't be a dick. We will talk to you next time. See you, folks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.